Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of Midwest Madness, your true crime cult conspiracy encrypted podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Danielle. Surprise. I mean, <laughs> we ended the last episode <laughs> and we were like, have a great holiday, but I thought we you were like didn't saying surprise that it was us. <laughs> we didn't say we didn't realize that we'd be putting out one more episode before the holidays. Before Christmas. Yeah. Two two more before the new year. Yeah. So but yeah we anyway. just ended the last one very <laughs> yeah <laughs> like we're, it was we were like yay christmas yeah. yes and then we realized oh wait we, we didn't more. do the the math wasn't mathing yeah so but back. this one feels more festive than last one because you've moved your tree yeah i had to move it i i kind of love it right in the window like that so How my plan is to move this couch flush against this wall i think yeah after the holiday yeah um so then i'll I have lo- space yeah, i kind of love that idea yeah because then it's also gonna be cooler in the summer and warmer in the winter because it's cold over here yeah i figured with the window it'd be yeah. cold over there yeah um, i mean obviously i can move closer to you but like why <laughs> i got a new couch so it's and it's nice know, very i like the color it. a lot yeah it makes the room feel brighter because it's not such a dark makes it feel homier doesn't it yeah i like it a lot yeah i'm pretty happy good i'm glad you're happy with it yeah it's cute and he's a little tlc but um, i mean for the zero dollars for the zero dollars for, for it yeah i'll it's take in it fantabulous shape yeah so oh god that's all like oh i went to north carolina yes i i that haven't was... heard anything about your trip like oh, really i haven't i saw you for what 10 minutes yesterday is that the only time I've yes seen you? i haven't seen you sent because dad's been in ireland yep so it's just been mom at the house and I haven't seen you because I've been running around like crazy and I was gone for part of that. And then, you know, like not gone, gone, but like dog sitting and yeah. blah, 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 blah. So um, it was really, tell me everything. really, really fun. Your pictures of the Biltmore looked yeah freaking stunning as heck. It was awesome. So one of my really good friends, Angie, moved to North Carolina Hi, in Angie. August. Um, so I miss Angie. I love Angie. I know she's the best. Um, so she's been back here a few times. She came back uh, for my yeah, birthday. Yeah, hasn't come to see me. I'm pretty salty. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, she was here for a couple of other things. And then for her birthday, we went down. Me and um, my friend Abby went down to see her in North Carolina for the first time. And then, yeah, it was awesome. Um, North Carolina is an awesome state. It really is. Because we, we landed there and drove through. Yeah, we, la- but we, didn't, we went to Wilmington. Yeah, we didn't really spend any time there. But I've always heard it's really beautiful. I mean, we spent three days in north carolina for andrew's wedding oh that's right but that was but we literally stayed like yeah like we never left grounds of where the wedding was but yeah yeah, it was awesome um spent well she's in like around the charlotte area oh i've heard charlotte's really cool yeah we didn't do much exploring in charlotte because we um like we went to the christmas town instead yeah we went to christmas town usa i'm so jealous that looked so dope um and then we went to Asheville for a like we drove up to Asheville Friday morning, spent like six hours at the Biltmore. Could have probably spent more, honestly. Um, which was like my on my bucket list. So it was really nice to be able to is check that place that haunted. I'm sure it is. They Did it feel talk. haunted? No, it really didn't. Okay, but also there was like a million people in there. Oh, so I it suppose. Was like, I suppose you just don't get the same vibe. But yeah, and I've always wanted to get married there, and this just. <laughs> 
solidified cemented it. that. I love that in the family <laughs> chat, mom said, we only give you so much. Yeah. <laughs> like, lower your expectations. She's like, babe, calm down. <laughs> I know. I always joke. I'm like, I'm going to have to marry Rich. Emily's going to wear a dress that she got for 50 bucks yeah. so that she can afford to it's really it. actually we kind of looked into it it's not as bad as you think it might really be, but i love that you, <laughs> you looked yeah. into it <laughs> um and then yeah we spent the night in Asheville on um friday night and then explored the town of Asheville. okay on saturday before heading back to charlotte but it was awesome great time 10 out of 10 recommend i can't wait to go back and it was such a quick and easy flight, and it was cheap. And yeah, what, couple hours? To- or, like, an hour tops? Well, it was scheduled for two and a half, but it took an hour and a half. Oh. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> yeah, we landed super that early. never makes any sense to me. They were like, we got a heck of a tailwind. I was like, yeah, you're telling you're me. you're like, no kidding. Yeah. It's like, I... Is that... And then that's also East Standard Tailwind. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought. So you do, you know, lose an lose hour, an hour going but, there. I but mean, you're used to that going to Disney so yeah, much Yeah, it was... So. It was awesome. Did so. you just stay on Eastern time? <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> you much. You showed up. <laughs> um, just like continue to get up at Eastern time so that you. Yeah. So I was adjust. like, Andrew, I hope you know, like, if I ever just need to get away, like, I'm just going to book a trip. Yeah. Like, might, I mean, honestly. For, you know, 150 bucks, that's you can get bad. there and then a free place to stay. So, yeah. And a person that you really enjoy spending yeah. time with. Yeah. So. It was super fun, super great. It was awesome to see her, obviously. Um, now I don't know what I'm going to see her next, so that kind of makes me sad. Uh, but yeah, I get that. When um, I left Carrie and Elle, because they're in Georgia now. Yeah. Um, when they left Disney, I, I literally like just started bawling in the gift shop. <laughs> yeah, it's sad. So, yeah, it was a good time. But um, my story is kind of a little bit on the longer side. Oh, and, okay. And I know we both have things yeah to do this evening time crunch so um i kind of want to get into it i keep saying um and i'm sorry about it but well it's hard when we're like freestyle talking yeah because i for me it's i don't want dead air right yeah okay so for the last episode before christmas i decided to do a truly depressing story just like last year (laughs) yeah last year you did that christmas Christmas one where they like murdered a bunch of people for no reason yeah um well not that there's any you know what i mean any reason good reason you know what i mean um well okay yeah and (laughs) (laughs) no stop okay we're gonna talk about carl eugene watts um shit the last name sounds really familiar Probably because you're thinking of Chris Watts. He's the guy. Yes. Yeah. Yep. 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 yep, yep Colorado. Yep. Fuck yep. that guy. Oh, that motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, this guy is nicknamed as Coral, so I'm going to be calling him Coral. Okay. He's the American serial killer who was dubbed the Sunday morning slasher. Oh. So. Definitely uh, don't know this story. I didn't either until I found it. Literally. And you're like, great. Love this yeah. for me. I needed something that I was like, I'm going to be able to find a lot of info on. Right. Like, I, right. I oh. didn't have time to do like. <laughs> Oh my God, po- sorry podcast pup that you were uh yeah getting his attention i didn't have time to do a bunch of digging no that's time. fair so here we go carl eugene watts was born on november 7th 1953 a fellow scorpio in killian killian texas to his parents richard watts and dorothy young his father was in the army and his mom was a kindergarten art teacher when coral was just two his parents separated and he stayed with his mother they moved to inkster michigan and in 1962, Dorothy married a mechanic named Norman Caesar, who she ended up having two daughters with. 
Coral was described as a strange child, and according to him, he first started fantasizing about torturing and killing girls and young women at the age of 12. Big yikes. Yeah. He hated his new stepfather and was a self-proclaimed mama's boy, and he was afraid of losing his mother's attention. When he was 13 years old, he contracted... Okay. One source said 13, one source said 8, which is like a very big difference. Yeah. I went with 13. Okay. 13 or 8. Uh, he contracted meningitis, which caused him to be held back in school. Ooh, and that's tough. Yeah. During Especially this- at 13. Or 8. <laughs> well, 8 would eight would be a little bit more acceptable with your peers. 13, you're going to get pretty bullied. Yeah, I think he was bullied anyway. Oh, so. uh, I mean... If you're a mama's boy, I guess. During this time, it was said that his body temperature would get so high that doctors were afraid of brain damage, um, which I think he probably did have a little bit of brain damage. When he returned to school, he had a difficulty keeping up with the other students. He often failed classes, and when he was 16, he was only reading at a third grade reading level. Oh my gosh. During this time, Cora was known to who stalked girls, and it is believed that he could have possibly killed his first victim before the age of 15. However, Whoa. this is unconfirmed. On June 29th, 1969, when Cora was, was arrested for the first time for sexually assaulting a 26-year-old, Joan Gave, um, he was 15 at the time. Jeez Louise. While delivering newspapers, he knocked on her apartment door. When she opened it, he attacked her. Joan immediately contacted authorities who apprehended him at his family home. And I'm sure that's when he learned you don't leave your victims alive. He was sentenced to Lafayette Clinic, which is a mental hospital that was located in Detroit at the time. I don't know if it's still there. Okay. While there, he was given a psychiatric evaluation and it was revealed that he suffered from mild mental retardation. And then I put in quotes, is this the correct word? I don't know if that's the correct. Uh, I... I'm I gonna go with what, no. I didn't know what else to call it. Um, I really thought about it. To be honest, I, I would say, from a bad persta- perspective, we would just call it like um, men- mentally disabled. Mentally or, disabled. Okay. Or um, God. Now that you put me on the spot, I can't even think of what I what it would be. I felt like it was on the tip of my t- the tongue. Right. It's like right there. Like, but I couldn't figure it out for the life of me. So that's why I was like, I'm just going to put it as they put it. And then I'm going to say, okay, right. I don't know if that's the. And now I can't. <clears throat> I wish I could. It'll like, come to you. I wish I could like phone a friend. Um, I'm going to text somebody. With a full scale IQ of 68. Despite this, though, it would come out later that police officers that interviewed Coral believed him to be, quote, very, very intelligent. He also had delusional a delusional thought process and he mentioned um having those fantasies slash dreams he was having about hurting women and when asked if they disturbed him he replied quote no i feel better after i have one end quote and he claimed that there weren't really they weren't really nightmares because he quote enjoyed them end quote he yeah not a good sign he was released from the Lafayette Clinic on November 9th, 1969, despite the psych- psychiatrist thinking he posed a threat to society. Great. That's not at all concerning. And let's also remember he's 15 at this point. Oh, my God. I totally forgot about that. Um, so the, the psychiatrist hoped that an outpatient treatment would help him, and he did end up visiting nine different facilities for outpatient treatments throughout the following years and eventually was diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder, but... Um, and he never really got the help he needed. 
After his release, Coral did end up graduating from high school despite his poor grades and received a football scholarship to Lane College in Jackson, Tennessee, but he was expelled after only three months because he was charged with stalking and assaulting a woman. Yes, you have So it is called intellectual disability. Okay, there we go. So thank you, Lexi. I know you listen, and you're going to know exactly who I was texting when I said I'm going to text somebody. So that's what it's called. Thank you. Um, shit. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so he was expelled after three months because he was charged with stalking and assaulting women. Okay. He claimed that the exercise from football helped him let out his suppressed rage. I mean, I can understand that. Yeah. A, a positive outlet for... He was... Negative emotions. Also a suspect at the time in the brutal murder of a... Murder... Mm, murder? <laughs> of a female student. However, there was not enough evidence to, like, convict him. After he was expelled from Lane College, he moved to Houston, Texas before returning to Michigan in 1974 and enrolling in Western Michigan University in Kalamazoo. After his enrollment, a string of assaults and attacks in the area started to occur. Gosh, I wonder who could be responsible for that. Right. Curls, Curls. <laughs> Curls first known victim occurred when he was just 20 years old in 1974. So like the first proven. Proven. Yep. Okay. He would kidnap kidnap his victims from their homes, torture them, and then murder them. He attacked multiple different in multiple different counties and even in many different states. Most of his victims were white women between the ages of fourteen and forty four who were described as quote thin and attractive, and his method of killing ranged from strangulation, stabbing, bludgeoning, and drowning. Not that it matters, but what is his race? Do you know? He's African American. Okay. Yes. Uh. I just want to point out too. Okay, so his ranges are from fourteen to forty-four, and he literally he kills them by strangling, stabbing, bludgeoning, and drowning. So I could see where it would be really hard to, to connect the dots. Connect the dots. Yeah, because there's really no like common mo besides them being white and, thin and, and attractive. attractive. Yeah, but I mean that's that's like I can name like seven people off the top of my head right now in different age ranges. Right. That you couldn't connect other than to me. Right. You know. Yep. Between the years 1974 and 1982, women were disappearing and being found murdered at an alarming rate. On October 25th, 1974, Coral knocked on the door of 23-year-old Lenore Kinzaki's apartment door, calling out for a man named Charles. When she opened it, he attacked her and choked her until she was unconscious. She survived, and she she did alert police, but they were unable to find her attacker. Oh, God, that's got to be just the worst. On October 30th, 1974, so five days later, Coral tortured and killed 20-year-old Gloria Steele. She was believed to be his second victim that he actually killed. Okay. She attended... So, sorry, do you think there was such a, a short cool down period because he didn't kill the the person previously or were they all really close together like that um i don't know i know you don't like to speculate but i I was no i don't it's not that it's just that i don't have dates for every single thing so i don't know how close together a lot of them were i know like a lot of them were pretty close together but i okay i don't really know to be honest okay she attended Western Michigan University at the same time as raising her family. She was discovered with a crushed windpipe and 33 different stab wounds. Oh, God. The only witness was an apartment manager named Diane Williams, who saw an African 
American male strolling through the complex looking for a man named Charles. When Carl spotted Diane, he forced her door open and dragged her inside her own apartment. While the two were struggling, her phone began to ring and she was able to knock it off the receiver and yell for help. Coral then fled, but she spotted him getting into a tan Pontiac Grand Prix. So I don't know if this was... Obviously, I think this was post him killing Gloria. So you think she would have been victim number two in the building? Diane would have. Okay. I think. Okay. That's how I read it. I mean, that would make sense because it sounds like he... That that would be awful risky behavior to stick around after that incident um i think that he just saw that he saw him and then he kind of like, was like panicked. oh shit yeah. i gotta take care of that okay police were able to assemble a lineup and both diane and lenore who was the survivor of that the earlier previous, attack yep. were able to pick coral out of a lineup for the two attacks he was charged with assault and battery Coral was questioned at the time about the death of Gloria Steele, and although he admitted to being in the area at the time of her death, and he admitted to attacking at least 15 other women, he denied having anything to do with it. Yeah. I know that hindsight is 2020, but, like, how do you not suspect him more? Yeah. Right? Like, how do you not, like, be like, hmm, this feels like bullshit? Yeah. Uh, Okay. He entered a no-contest plea for the attacks on Diane and Lenore and was sentenced to a year in a county jail. He was released from jail in 1976 and moved back to Inkster, Michigan with his mother and stepfather. In 1979, Coral wed Valeria Goodwill, but their marriage only lasted six months. This because she realized he was super dangerous. Yeah, well, he, she said that he was started doing some, like, weird-ass shit at home. Like, he would just, like, dump the trash out and leave it on the floor and just was doing weird shit. Um, and she was like, yeah, I'm gonna just, boop, I'm gonna go. Good for her. Uh, yeah, she had bad vibes, I think. This same year, five women in the Detroit region were attacked and killed by a perpetrator who was dubbed the Sunday Morning Slasher by an Ann Arbor newspaper, seeing that all the attacks took place early on Sunday mornings. Although some of Coral's victims were attacked in the early mornings in their homes, some were also attacked in broad daylight outside of their homes. So Jeez again, Louise. just like no... No MO. Right. It's like a literal victim of opportunity. Right. Like that's the, the textbook definition, right? Just like, I see her, she's there. It's very interesting because I did think about this and there had to be some planning involved like, he had to know that these women lived in these apartments. That's true. Alone. That's true. Or lived in these places. Or they were alone it, at it the time. It just feels so chaotic. It does. But I thought about the same thing. And I was like, but no, he had to have had some knowledge. Right. Because, like, you're not, and I, I don't mean this in a bad way, but you're not going to come to my house looking for a thin, attractive woman. You're just not. Because yeah. I live there and I'm not thin. So, you know, like, again, I don't mean it in a mean way, yeah, but like, no, I know what you're saying. You're just not going to find the victim that you want there. Yeah. Um, although some of Coral's victims were, okay, I already read that. Sorry. <laughs> I, I distracted you. <laughs> For example, 17 year old Shirley Small was fatally stabbed twice in the heart outside her home on April 20th, 1980. 26-year-old Glenda Richmond was the victim of a similar assault outside of her summer home in Ann Arbor on July 13, 1980, and a diner manager sustained 28 stab wounds to her chest at the diner. Jesus. Um, 
There wasn't enough evidence at any crime scene to convict anyone, unfortunately. They did say that DNA was a thing back then, but he uh, he did not sexually assault his victims. His crimes weren't sexually motivated, okay. so he didn't leave behind DNA. And I don't know if they knew back then, you know, to look under the fingernails or look under this or look right. under, you know what I mean? I don't know. Right. This is the eight, 1980s, so. Right. DNA was becoming a thing. I don't know how like much well known it was and how much you knew what to yeah. do and how to like preserve it and stuff. Yep. On okay. September 14th, 1980, University of Michigan grad student Rebecca Huff was found in front of her house with 50 stab wounds. Oh my god. On November 1st, a 30-year-old woman was walking home from a Halloween party when she noticed she was being followed by a man. At this point, she decided to scream and ran all the way home. So she literally just like booked it and was screaming good for her her response startled the man like you can assume uh, yeah as you would coral. imagine <laughs> and you can assume that the man was coral yeah and he turned and fled the other direction although she was able to pick coral out of a lineup she wasn't super confident in her answer because of how dark it was at this point coral had started to get attention from local homicide investigators i would hope so and they were they began sporadic surveillance on him on November 15th, at around 5 a.m., two police officers were on patrol in Ann Arbor when they noticed a man in a car following a woman home. She attempted to hide in a doorway when she realized she was being followed in the hopes that she would lose the person. And when it seemed to work, the officers witnessed the man in the car, who was Coral, seemingly getting, like, super pissed. Like, he was visibly mad he lost his... Victim. Victim. Oh... Coral was detained by police when they were able to pull him over due to having outdated license plates and a suspended driver's license. They searched his car and found a dictionary that belonged to previous victim Rebecca Huff, but unfortunately it was insufficient proof to hold him accountable for her murder, and he wasn't charged at the time. Dang it. I don't know if... I don't think he was charged with anything at that at that point at that point yep other than like driving without a driver's license yeah but that's i mean right you're not gonna be held in prison for that for any reason on may 23rd 1982 michelle mayday who was 20 at the time answered the door to her houston apartment to a suspicious oh i missed a whole line (laughs) shortly after coral relocated to columbus texas where he worked for an oil firm so that's how we get down to houston okay i was gonna say sorry (laughs) the stranger assaulted beat and choked her until she passed out the man entered her bathroom filled her tub with water and then ended up drowning her later that same day 18 year old melinda aguilar and 21 year old Lori lister had their houston apartment broken into by a strange man in quotes coral <laughs> and the man choked cough, lori cough, when she returned home from work Ugh. he then so it, <coughs> the way i understand is that uh, i don't know if the apartment was two stories because it sounded like he attacked her outside at like either outside of the apartment before she was able to reach the door okay or inside the apartment at like the bottom of a staircase okay because he was then able to go find melinda who was in the apartment that's risky as fuck yeah uh and choke melinda who smart girl pretended to be unconscious while coral wire tied her hands behind her back 
He then went back to the bathroom to fill the tub with water so he could drown both women. While he was focused on that task, Melinda was able to escape by leaping out of a window and running to get help. What a badass. Holy shit. Both she and Lori were saved and Cora was apprehended f- after evading capture. Before wow. he was while he was being held for the attacks, investigators were able to connect him to multiple different killings of women. Coral was offered a plea bargain and would only be charged with burglary, burglary and intent to murder, to commit murder if he convinced, convinced, confessed fully to his crimes and received immunity from prosecution on the murder accusations. So, he, uh, for all this, he was I looking don't at six, love that. He was looking at sixty years. That's it yes well i mean i suppose he's in his what like 40s at this point yeah i'm i think they were thinking he would be in jail until he died until he died with this yeah the deal was accepted and coral finally admitted to attacking 19 women and murdering 13 of them he led police to the graves of three of his victims uh and i also want to point out this was just in texas oh my god i forgot that we hadn't even gone yeah so he didn't admit anything in Michigan at this point. Jeez. He was sentenced to the agreed-upon agreed 60 years in 1982. So he was born in 1953. So he would have only been he like 30. He would have been in his 50s. 30s. What? 50 to 80 is 30. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he would have been 90. If, if he, he would that have, long. Yeah, lived that long. However, the Texas Court of Appeals ruled not long after that Coral hadn't been informed that the water in the tub he attempted to kill Lori Lister in was considered a deadly weapon. And because of this, the ruling reclassified him as a nonviolent felon, making him eligible for early release. Because remember, he, with his plea deal, he wouldn't be... Uh, he wouldn't be charged with the murders. You have got to be fucking kidding me. Now, if there's one person that should never be allowed to have an early release, yeah, is this man. At the time, in Texas, <coughs> nonviolent felons could have three days deducted from their sentence for every one day served as well as they were well behaved. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I, I guess for other, like for non-violent offense. But how is this not that uh, is really not that bad? No, no, no. Of a like, rule, but right. it's just like when things like this happen, right. that we're like, fuck, you know, right. And of course, because he's clearly was, a danger. Coral was a model prisoner. Of course he was because he has structure and he can't murder random women because no one's allowing him the freedom to do so. So this would have made him eligible for release as early as May 9th, 2006. So that would have, he would have. You know that prosecutor was just like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so it pretty much took his sentence and cut it in half. God. In 2004, Michigan Attorney General... Mike Cox went on national television and pleaded for anyone to come forward with information in order to try to convict Coral of murder to ensure he wouldn't be released. Now, remember, he made the deal with Texas, so he right. couldn't be charged the <coughs> with any the of the 13 ones. murders he yep. admitted to there. But Michigan 
did not get in on that immunity agreement. They were thank like, nope, God. we're good. We're not going to. Just in case. Yeah. You know, thank something goodness. like this does happen. So Joseph Foy of Westland, Michigan, ended up coming forward and saying he saw a man who fit Coral's description murder 36-year-old Helen Dutcher. She was stabbed 12 times on December 1st, 1979. Jeez. Joseph was able to identify Coral because of his eyes, which he described as being evil and devoid of emotion. A Michigan jury convicted Coral of the murder of Helen on November 17th, 2004, after hearing eyewitness testimony from Joseph. And on December 7th, he was sentenced to life in prison. He was also tried and found guilty for the murder of Gloria Steele in July of 2007. He died of prostate cancer on September 21st, 2007, and I can just hope that it was the most painful experience of his life. Honestly, what a monster. Um, and I don't think prostate cancer is a good one to have, so, yeah. What an absolute monster. Although he only confessed to the 13 murders, he later claimed to have killed as many as 40, and also implied that there could have been closer to 80 victims. I mean, would that really surprise you, though? No. Me either. Apparently, he didn't want to confess to all of his killings because he didn't want to be seen as a, quote, mass murderer. Guess what, buddy? We all see you as mass murderer, you piece of shit. Yeah. So I'm going to give you exactly what you didn't want. I'm and I'm title this one. you as a mass murderer. I'm going to title this one mass murderer. Yeah. Just be a dick. Because fuck this guy. Yes, yeah, seriously. Police today think that he could be linked to 90 unsolved murders. Oh, my God. And some people saying that number could actually be closer to over 100, which would make him the most prolific serial killer in American history. To end the episode, I wanted to list the victims that he has been confirmed to have killed and sus- they suspect murders that are linked to him. So they okay. are... Um, they're they're pretty confident in okay so he's either been like confirmed, confirmed to be linked or, or they're like very confident. he's like number one suspect without yeah, like a doubt. yeah okay so this is how i want to end the episode yes um, um so before you do that let's do our socials. socials okay um and our source and your sources so you do your I, you find your sources all here i got so. it murderpedia.org wikipedia.org expressnews.com newyorktimes.com and t- texaspolicenews.com and our socials are mwmadnesspodcast at gmail that is our instagram and midwest madness podcast facebook group uh i guess i'll say merry christmas you guys yeah. happy hanukkah happy ramadan yep um happy holidays happy holidays and somberly we're gonna end this episode with the names of his victims so we have zendaya thomas who was 20 nadine jean odell who was 16 gloria Steele, who was 19 malak malik mimi haddad who was 34 don jerome who was 20 peggy pochmara who was 22 Jeanne klein who was 44 helen dutcher who was 36 hazel con Konoff, who was 23, Denise Dunmore, who was 26, Shirley Small, who was 17, Linda Montero, who was 27, Glenda Richmond, who was 17, Lily Marlene Dunn, who was 28, Rebecca Huff, who was 30, Lena J. Bennett, who was 63, Susan Wolf, who was 21, Linda Tilly, who was 22, Elizabeth Montgomery, who was 25, Phyllis Tam, 
who was 27, Margaret Fossey, who was 25, Elena Samander, who was 20, Deborah Mackey, who was 20, Emily Elizabeth Lacroix, who was 14, Edith Ledette, who was 34, Yolanda Garcia, who was 21, Carrie Mae Jefferson, who was 32, Suzanne Cyrils, who was 25, and Michelle Mayday, who was 20. Jesus Christ. So that was 29 names. And with that, we will end this episode. Um, Have a good week, you guys. Bye.